Welcome to the Hello, Hello World podcast with me, Candace Mollard. Hello, Hello World is available wherever you stream podcasts. Please be sure to rate, comment, and share. Your feedback is greatly appreciated. On today's episode, I'm speaking with Tracy Rogers. Tracy is owner of White Feather Holistic Arts Store on Ottawa Street and the author of Motorcycles, Moose, and Magic, a wonderful book she recently put out. We talk about the book and about spirituality. We talk about her store and the services she offers. We talk about uh, self-esteem and self-love, some really important topics. I hope you learned something from this episode. Grab yourself some water and thanks for listening. Tracy. Hi, Candace. Hi. It worked. So glad. <laughs> yeah, no problem. First try. Awesome. Love it. Um, I hope you had a good day. I know with the new restrictions and everything going on, it's been quite busy for you to probably get yourself back up and running. I had a good day today. Good. Love to hear it. Love to hear it. So for everyone listening, um, I have Tracy Rogers here, uh, one of my favorite metaphysical people in the whole wide world. She's absolutely wonderful and has written a book that is one for the books, if I can say. Um, I read it and I I reread it. I've read it twice now and it is just so magical and um, I'm so happy, happy for you to be here. So thank you for taking the time for me, Tracy. Oh, thank you very much for having me on here. I'm happy to come on and talk about it, Candice. I love it. Um, So I want to talk to you about a lot of different things. Um, But most of all, I want to talk to you about your book, because I'm, I'm assuming, and from reading this, that you, this was a big feat for you. And I'm sure a very um, healing as well, because you legitimately pour your whole life and love and spirituality into 300 pages. And I just want to know um, how you feel after writing it and all the feedback and stuff that you've got from it. Um, I feel like I completed a, a major mission in my life. Uh, writing the book was something that I've wanted to do for a very, very long time. I've felt inspired to do it really since 2006. And um, I didn't realize it would take this long to actually happen. So, um, yeah, so, I mean, that, like, it, it's like the thing that I had to do. There have been times in my life where I was um, afraid of my health, like had health concerns and things like that. I remember once there was a breast cancer scare. I didn't actually have breast cancer, but I had a scare at one point. And the very first thing through my mind was, oh my God, I haven't written the book yet. And that was the only thing that flashed through my mind of what I hadn't done in my life yet. So I feel like I, like I did the thing that I came to earth to accomplish. Um, what's left with that is uh, getting the book out there more, you know? So that's, that's the next goal with it is to get it more well read. The the feedback that you asked about that I'm getting from people, I'm getting amazing feedback actually. Um, I'm I'm I've got a lot of people who have actually purchased multiple copies to give to friends and people who they know it would help, people who they know it would resonate with it, people on the path of recovery, people healing, all that kind of stuff. Um, so 
Yeah, when someone reads the book and then they come back to me and buy two or three books for their friends, that's a good sign to me. And then I've also had a lot of people um, like just pouring their hearts out about their own experiences and stuff and how they've related with this book with list, you know, reading about my story and about how they're putting it together with their own story and um, taking things from the book and applying it into their own lives and stuff. So I, I'm like totally thrilled. We really haven't been able to put a lot of effort into putting the book forward because everything's been locked down the entire time. I only put the book out a month ago. Um, so I've been doing this all during the middle of a lockdown. So it's kind of difficult to promote it right now. But even with that, like the feedback's been awesome. And I'm extremely happy with the sales and extremely happy with the feedback and all of that stuff. So yeah, that, that's really great. And on your um, launch, uh, book launch online, you spoke about some, you know, I, was, I wasn't really sure what to expect on an online book launch, but I loved that you spoke with your editor. That was so informative and great. And it could see the connection between you and that she really helped you with the kind of the flow of, of the book. Is that right? Um, well, the, the the structure was there already. It was more just with doing a little bit of development and filling some things in. So, you know, like when you're writing a book about your own life stories, you're feeling the emotion as you're writing it, but someone reading it may not feel it unless you actually explain that emotion out. So she really helped with pointing out some of the areas where we needed to fill in things like that and develop, develop things just a little, you know, fatten up. And also thin some other things down a bit. So you thin some things down and you fatten some other things up. <laughs> mm -hmm. It makes complete sense. And the, and the book was, it read nicely. It read just as though you were sitting on your, your bike and telling it. I love how you developed the, the concept of it while you were doing your um, Women's Riders World Relay. Yes. That, that was really cool that you incorporated that. And also um, in the book, everyone has to go read it. Uh, Tracy talks a lot about music too, which I found really, I've never read a book this thorough before and it really speaks to who you are and it gives us um, an insight of all of you, not just your recovery, not just your past or um, the things that you're overcoming, just all, all of who you are. It was just really, really great. I can't, I can't stop uh, praising you about this book. <laughs> well, I'm glad that's one of the things you pull away from it because um, authenticity is one of the things I prize most in people and it's something I am always striving for myself and this is about as authentically Tracy as you can possibly get is this book Motorcycles Moose and Magic. <laughs> yeah and you talk about just everything and even vulnerable as um, towards the end of the book talking about how you wanted to celebrate and you wanted to celebrate with a drink and the honesty in that is just so deep you know I people can talk about recovery sobriety um, addiction a lot but being um, aware and acknowledging the fact that you're so awesome that you prevailed that you wanted to celebrate with a drink but you didn't do it and that is so amazing Oh, thanks. Yeah, that that was a genuine thing that happened. It, it, it struck me deeply when it happened, actually. It's very rare that I get those feelings. And as I said in the book, it's really only at times of um, 
like great accomplishment. It's interesting how we associate accomplishment and good things with having a drink. <laughs> right. But in your, in you further go into detail about why that's something that ha- it's from our past. We were mm-hmm. probably raised that way. Right. <clears throat> no, well, for sure. We're programmed that way. Our whole society, every time you see a, a wedding or a celebration or a graduation or a whatever, people have a drink in their hand. There is always a drink at a celebration. So <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah goes hand in hand I guess yeah um I wanted to tell you this as well I um the first time reading the book I felt uh so inspired by the music that you were listening to and I knew all the songs and at the very end you talked about the tragically hip and throughout the book I felt in my heart in my soul you were gonna mention the hip I just I felt like you were that type of woman that would be that Canadian and (laughs) and really bring it up and you did and when you did it was like maybe the fifth or sixth time I cried in the book but I cried like a baby because I thought wow I knew this was gonna happen I felt it and you wrote it in there and that was so lovely I love that ahead by a century what a great song how could you write a Canadian book about a Canadian motorcycle ride where you talk about some Canadian music and not mention the hip? Yeah, I've seen them. I saw them uh, twice in concert, and it was a fabulous show. I actually, I had to go out of my way to put the hip into the book um, because I wrote the book and the hip wasn't in it yet, and I'm like, the hip really needs to be in here. So that was one of the things I did in my own editing process was made sure that they were in the book. Mm. <laughs> That's a fun fact. Yeah, they were were on my playlist. I had lots of tragically hip songs on my playlist. Um, But yeah, I had to I had to go in and find that moment. And uh, and that was a moment that happened right at the end of the bike trip. So lovely. Yeah, perfectly timed, especially because of the memory that it brought up and everything. So Mm -hmm, for sure. Um, So another thing that I really wanted to talk wanted to talk to you about was the um, the references that you make throughout the book of animal, um, what's the totem. Word I'm yeah, sure. animals and your the symbolism and bird symbolism, yeah. and it's 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 just sounds like I'm reading about myself some of the time in this book. But um, can you talk a little bit and give us a little bit more awareness as to like how do you feel like you connect with these with these with these creatures? Oh, I feel that animals come in. If we become aware of them, we're becoming aware of them for a reason. It, um, on my own healing journey, it, it started literally right when I left my old life. Like, so it was back when I was still in terror. I was at a, a women's shelter on the Oneida Reserve at the time. And um, I had this hawk that kept watching me and kept watching me. And, and, and someone told me, he's got a message for you. You need to pay attention to him. Because it was always there. Every time I went out back of the, the building, there was this hawk sitting there staring at me. And so I, from that moment on, I've always paid attention uh, to animals and, and to what messages they have to give us. So it's, you know, I, I don't just pay attention to what animal, but I also will pay attention sometimes to what it is they're doing. Sometimes what they're doing um, is just as important as what kind of animal. Um, and we it's not just like an elephant can't come to you here in Canada. So you're not gonna see an elephant walk down the road. <laughs> But if you keep noticing elephant tattoos and an elephant mm-hmm. print and t-shirt, and every time you turn on your Facebook, there's an elephant, elephant's got a message for you. So, you know, you read up about the elephant and while you're reading it, your intuition will be saying, oh, that's it. it might not be the whole spirit message that speaks to you today, 
but there might be something in there that's like, oh yeah, that's what I need right now. So I'm always, I'm always paying attention to animals and birds and everything because they, they'll tell me to pay attention to something. They'll tell me that I'm, you know, I need to look into more detail or I need to be less detailed, or they'll tell me that I need to look within myself for answers or that I need to seek um, from other from other people. Mm -hmm. If I've got questions, the universe can only communicate me to me in, you know, so many different ways. It can communicate to me through my horoscope or through animals or through numbers or whatever. But I'm always looking for the ways that the universe can answer because I put prayers up and I ask for help. Well, I have to be willing to listen. And that's sure. one way you can listen is by watching what's coming into your sphere. What what is there for you to pay attention to right now? And animals is a big, big one for me. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with you. And that was so well said. And for all the people who ask me to explain it to them, just listen to this is you said it way better than I could ever have, because I see uh, cardinals often. Um, I feel really, really strong energy with insects, ants specifically. I can feel their yeah. energy almost like they can talk to me. I know it's very d different um, and it feels kind of liberating to say that right now. Uh, beat bumblebees I feel their energy I feel a connection to them and it's it's pretty wonderful and my daughter said to me the other day I have to tell this to you um she said mom wouldn't it be awesome if I could talk to the animals I want to be able to talk to the animals we were driving and I said well you can talk to the animals you just need to figure out how to communicate with them and then I used you as a reference and I said do you know Miss Tracy from White Feather and the crystal store, the crystal lady, right? Um, I said she often refers to in her book that she speaks and connects with animals. And she just didn't have much more to say after that. So her brain was really moving there. So uh, I can't wait to be able to teach her to be able to do that and to embrace that feeling that she has. Yeah, there's a there's a great book out there called um, Animal Speaks by Ted Andrews. I've been lugging that one around since I was in Arizona in 2008. And um, it, it's a fantastic, I particularly like that book compared to others because it talks about a lot of birds and I really have a connection with birds, mm -hmm. but it also has animals and some insects and things like that in there as well. And um, it's a fantastic book for kind of giving you some pointers and things that you can do to actually start connecting with nature and connecting with animals and birds and stuff to understand them and also just to feel the connection with their energy. So there's like some rituals or ceremonies or things like that that you can do as well. Okay, great. Do you sell that in your store? We do have it. Yeah. Okay, awesome. That's so wonderful. Um, and uh, your, about your spirituality, do you feel I, before... Um, earlier on in your years you you weren't spiritual at all based on what you've written in your book but I do you feel as though walking into that church that day that that was where it all started for you well it wasn't in a church it was on the steps of a church at 11 o'clock at night okay. so um yeah it was uh oh uh, right there, you were outside having yeah that. So there, was no, there was no service there was no one else there except me 11 o'clock at night talking to myself right. and ended up 
the conversation with God. Uh, that's the moment it started for me. I had always had an interest in spirituality, but from a very scientific viewpoint. So I was an atheist. Well, I guess technically I would have fit under agnostic, but a really like really far right agnostic, because what I said was, I don't believe in God, but if I was standing right in front of him, I'd shake his hand. That was what I'd said for years. So I always left myself open. Like if, if I saw something that proved to me that there was God, then I would believe it. That was, that was what I was trying mm-hmm. to say. And so that night I had that experience where I actually shook hands and, um, yeah, that's, that's where it changed from it all being a scientific, logical look at spirituality into actually following and figuring out all the things. Because for years, I had studied religion and mythology from a very scientific point of view. I was fascinated with it, but mm-hmm. I didn't believe in any of it. And so after that day on September the 5th, uh, 15th in 2006, where my view shifted to was starting to go all of the things had learned and studied over the years about all of these different religions and belief um, systems about what I felt was true for it from each system and what I felt wasn't true from each system and I that, that's what I started to do it was almost like scientific inquiry into okay well this resonates with me and this doesn't and I you know I know that this is truth and um, I, yeah I've just that that's where my own personal spirituality that's where it stopped being scientific and started being more spiritual and, and intuitive. Yeah. And you learned so much from that time in your life um, about who you were and who you were becoming and having your spiritual awakening. And um, I feel like um, there's a quote that you said in your in here. I just want to find it really quickly because it really well, if you could see my book, Tracy, I should have bought myself a second one because I have. Um, that's just the way I am. I crack a spine open. Um, any bookie on here is probably going to cringe at this. I like post-it notes and highlighters and I just love to refer back because that's totally okay. 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 (laughs) I think I'm going to, you, and you sign this one for me, but I want to, I think I want a nice one that I can keep nicely. Um, uh, where is this? This is one of the not only is this the story of your life and healing and recovery, this is honestly one of the best self-help self-love books I've, I've read. And I'm, I read all the time. I constantly am reading something, even if it's what page a day, but this, you, you reference Eckhart Tolle in this book. And I think you are way up there on that list. If you could write more about how to just be, um, the self-love aspect, Tracy, is just so beautiful. You, you've got it really nailed down, Pat. <laughs> well, the, the self-love bit was the whole point for the book. Yes, it's done in memoir form, but in format. But the whole point and the reason for my doing the book was to help. It was basically supposed to be a how-to manual for other people for how to learn to love yourself. I was demonstrating through my own personal experiences how I shifted from self-hatred into self-love and the things that I practice. And I'm Mm -hmm. very vulnerable in doing that for a reason. It's not because I needed anyone to validate my story for me. It's because I wanted to actually show someone, these are the steps I took. These are the things I say to myself. These are the, you know, this is the stuff I've forgiven myself. This is all of the stuff that I'm totally, and and even with all this stuff that's in this book, I still love me and I'm a fantastic Mm -hmm. person. So I'm trying to demonstrate through my own experience how a person can love themselves through the absolute worst things. Mm -hmm. It's it's been achieved. Um, 
And this is the quote that I, I loved here. I'm not sure. Uh, it's on page 91. It's, I'm not sure we can ever pinpoint the exact moment we start to spiritually awaken. It's possible that it's because it's more of a collection of moments that begin to illuminate the things we need to work on. For me, awakening begins and realizations that unfold through lived experiences. And ain't that the truth? It's so, so, so true. Yeah. Such a- Amazing. Um, I like Tracy honestly I could sit here and just compliment you it's not that I I didn't need to read it for like self-help for myself but as far as you know not feeling weird when I put my hand on my chest because you are the one who's taught me to to sit to turn around my feelings of why are you doing that into I love the person that is doing that um I had the pleasure of spending an entire day with you during uh, my, I got my Reiki one from you. Yeah. And in, in that um, you were a beautiful teacher and reading that you wanted to be a teacher uh, for a while in your childhood. And it all made sense to me. You're, you're a very good teacher. And I learned so, so much from you in that one day. Honest, honestly, mm-hmm. I did. I try to I try to pack as much as I can into the class into my classes all of them whatever amount of time I've got people for I try to give them as much useful information as oh, I can until I let the packed. <laughs> it was jam packed with information and lovely women and I got to be the guinea pig to show the class how uh, you know um, to be the example and you did that was the first time. I- you'd done Reiki on me. I'd, I'd been at your store many times, yeah. Uh, but it was the first time that you had done any Reiki on me. And just the, the sensation that came off of you onto me was I- insane. I couldn't believe it. I'd never experienced that before. It was great. Wonderful. I know, I know what, <laughs> what that's like. So cool. <laughs> um, I want to talk, to, I know how important the WRWR, the Women's Riders World Relay was for you um, and to carry the baton and how how honored you felt to take that ride by yourself um, up there and take that ride with those women. And I, I'd like to hear a little bit more about how, you know, what what gave you the courage to actually go and do that and how it felt to be finished when you were done? Um, well, I got inspired in the spring. It wasn't even spring. I think it was like getting early summer, late spring, early summer. My friend Kelly told me about the women's riders world relay and that, um, it was good. They were going to be doing ripple relays first in June down in our area. Um, and they needed people to carry a coin through Ontario to all of the smaller towns and stuff. And so I got up the courage to meet her up in Tobermory because she basically took it all the way across Ontario. And I rode my bike for the whole day up by myself to Tobermory and I was fine. Um, and that was my longest solo ride at that point. So that gave me a bit more courage for solo riding, doing that one full day by myself. And then when it came time to do the Women's Riders World Relay, no one was able to go up with me. So it was me going up by myself or not going. And um, and I didn't just want to do one day down here more locally. I, I really wanted to be on the relay for anywhere from three days to the entire trip across Canada. Mm-hmm. Um and just depending on what I was able to do and whatever. So uh, when I like, 
technically you can get to, to um, Thunder Bay in two really, really long days <laughs> if you want to. But I decided if I'm going to do this, I'd like to see some stuff along the way and just have a relaxing ride up there and not feel rushed and whatever. And so that's what I did. And I made a trip for myself out of it. And I just, I thought this will be cool. You know, I've, I've never been afraid to travel by myself. I mean, you read in the book about my trip down to the U.S. and everything. Mm-hmm. I travel that by myself. I'm totally... I'm not afraid of being by myself and I'm not a codependent person at this point where I need things with other people. I'm totally okay with doing things on myself by myself. I'm totally okay with vacationing on my own. So even though I'm married, I don't always have to do stuff with other people. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, yeah, for me, like that was my longest solo ride by myself, but like it, Honestly, it didn't feel like it took a lot of courage. It was a no brainer for me. It's like, okay, I got to go up to Thunder Bay. How am I going to do it? And it's like, all right. So I planned out my route. And I, once we, once we found out what the uh, time frame was going to be for the, in the fall for the women's riders world relay for the actual real relay to come through. And uh, I booked all my hotels and everything and, and had a blast doing it. Honestly, it's um, like the most fun thing I've ever done in my life. I, there's nothing about that trip that I regret. Um, and I'm so glad I did it. And I would have kicked myself in the ass if I didn't do it. Mm-hmm. I'm a firm believer that when you follow your dreams and you follow your heart, that the universe supports you in doing that. And your fears, you know, when you're listening to your fears, the universe is not really supportive of that. So like I was following my heart. Of course, the universe is going to support me because the universe is conspiring for my happiness and my success. So mm-hmm. uh, it was, and it was the best trip ever. And the universe <laughs> Uh, decided to give you a moose which I was so happy to read that you saw that moose (laughs) oh yeah that was that was something that I've um wanted to happen for a long 2013 is when I started looking for a moose so I've been looking since 2013 for one and I've had many opportunities where they could have been around but they never were and that's because the universe was saving it for this trip so Mm -hmm. oh yeah totally like I I had no I had no idea that (laughs) was going to be the frame for my book but the universe or something else did know that it was going to be the frame for my book because the timing on the whole thing was uncanny like I literally had the anniversary of the day I met God I had the anniversary of the day I got inspired to write the book um I had the anniversary of the day that I left my former life and started on my healing path so all those anniversaries were in the time of my Uh, motorcycle trip and I didn't plan that and didn't think about it at all until I was actually on the bike and sometimes writing the journal with the date at the end of the day and I was like oh my god this was the (laughs) end and um yeah so like something else out there had a plan that I was completely unaware of and I didn't become aware of it until I think I was I was up near North Bay or Wawa or something when it was like oh my god I'm going to use this as the frame for the book and it, it, I knew immediately that I was going to write, I knew immediately that this was it. I was going to write the book because um, I tried to write the book many, many times. <laughs> it, it kept being like just written chronological order and I didn't like it. And I kept putting it like, I just be like, Ugh, I don't like this. The motorcycle trip gave me the opportunity to have multiple timelines going so that I'm not just telling a chronological story. Mm-hmm. I'm telling the chronological story of my motorcycle trip interspersed with the chronological telling of where my life went wrong. And then also another chronological timeline of where things started to go right. So there was multiple timelines and it allowed me to have the creativity I wanted for my book. So very creative indeed, Tracy, it was very well written. I can, I, 
hats off to you. Loved it, loved it. Of course. Thank you. And that's, you know what? It's like I spent $30,000 on an English degree once upon a time at university. <laughs> and I've never done anything with it. But now I can say like, that's what I, there we go. Went to university for, I guess. and how exciting that you published your created your own publishing company right to publish it yeah I I created my own publishing label to do it really that was kind of yeah I I mean technically it's a company it's a company and I I registered as a business and everything but really Walkerville Publishing did the publishing for me I was just able to put my publishing label on it because when you self-publish you can do whatever you want with your book right Mm -hmm. so that was that was kind of my way of getting over the fact that no Penguin Books or whatever was not going to publish it for me. Yeah. So I came up with something that would make me happy. <laughs> yeah. Um, before I'm I'm going to ask. I'm sorry. Pardon. No. Uh, you say at the end of, or going into each year, you set a theme for the next year. And I'm really curious to know what your 2020, like what the theme was, because you only talked up to 2019. 2020 was the year of clear vision. Clear vision. Uh, okay. Yeah. And, and the reason I chose that is because 2020, that expression, 2020 vision. So I assumed mm. gonna come, I, I assumed that things were going to come into view better in 2020. Um, that's, that's what I, and, and, and it, and it was a year of clear vision. Um, I think a lot of us experienced a deeper level of vision in 2020 because we were given so much time to sit and contemplate and work on things, Mm -hmm. uh, for the the book itself, actually, the whole editing process took up a major part of 2020, like, like almost all of, uh, it's 10 months, 10 months of 2020 was spent editing the book with, uh, with two editors so there was a lot of and so that was that was a clarity of vision right there too Mm -hmm. because the book wasn't clear you know when I wrote it in 2019 I wrote it quickly and I had the structure and form and everything there but it just needed to be needed to be filled out and it needed to be developed a little further so Mm -hmm. yeah clear vision okay I think I'm going to start doing that I think it's a really cool thing to uh put out there and to manifest for the whole year and then at the end of the year going into the next you can reflect and see that if it if it really came to you know well yeah yeah well 2018 was the year of the gift and the reason I said that is 18 actually represents gifts in numerology and the 19 was the year of a magic because for Leo's 19 is a magic number so that's why 2019 was the year of magic and it 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 turned out absolutely (laughs) perfectly so I'm a little concerned about 2022 coming up because like 22 is like a catch 22, right? So that's mm. the in my mind. So it's like, hmm. Hmm. <laughs> damned if you do, damned if you don't. <laughs> right. That's right. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm going to want to talk about white feather in a little bit and talk about um, the, the services that you offer and that are offered within your store. But before that, will, will you do some random questions with me so we can get to know you even better than we already do through your book? <laughs> sure, what would you like to know? Okay, I, I just have some written questions down here. I, I do it with all my guests. It's a way to kind of uh, break up the, the interview a little bit. Okay. Um, if someone were to play you in a movie of your life, who would play you? You know, 
I said for years, Jodie Foster, because I Ooh. always loved Jodie Foster as an actress. I'm not sure if she's a little bit old for playing me in a movie now, though. Possibly. So Possibly, not. yes. So I, but that was someone who I always admired and I always loved in film and everything. So that would be cool. Other than that, I'm not sure. Okay. Okay. That's fair. <laughs> um, what do you like on your pizza? What do I like on my pizza? Vegetarian. So... Uh, and I like thin crust pizza. Um, that's my preference. Um, it's got to be vegetarian. I love lots of cheese. Um, Are you still a vegetarian, Tracy? Yes. I'm a, yeah, I'm a vegetarian. I actually became not a vegetarian for a while because I had some serious problems with my iron. But my iron, pro I, had a, I had some surgery done last year and it fixed my iron problems. So we're back on track. I've been oh, a nice. Yeah, I've been I've been a vegetarian mostly since two thousand and late two thousand and seven. So, okay. Yeah. Awesome. Um, yeah. If you found a thousand dollars on the ground, what would you do with it? Um, if it didn't belong to anyone, obviously. Um, <laughs> That's difficult to say because it depends what your situation is at the time. If you really need a thousand dollars at the time, like, you know, you're literally mm -hmm. the for rent and whatever, then, you know, you use it for that. If you're not hurting and the universe gifts you with something, it's nice if you can find a way to gift it to someone else as well and make it more of a group gift. Um, yeah. If it, if, if it could be something that was dropped by someone nearby though, I would try to find its home. So um yeah, depends on the circumstances. I'm yeah. a firm that, yeah, if you find money and you're genuinely needing money, you shouldn't always give it away. I'm not really needing money right now. So if I found a thousand bucks, chances are I'd do something nice with it. Uh, <laughs> yes. Find a local charity or something that maybe you could use it or split it up among a few of them. Yes. And I do want to point out that you, you do support local charities that are, that you, that you like. I know that you do because you my, advertise my that. My favorite local charity is the Welcome Center for mm -hmm. Women Shelter. Uh, that's the one all our drum circles go to. But there are some other um, services that I'm very fond of. The Can-Am Friendship Center here in Windsor is awesome, too. Absolutely. And the mission is great. And um, anything that helps homelessness, um, <clears throat> I'm, I'm on it. I had mm -hmm. to use those services myself at one point. So they have a special place in my heart. Sure. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, and last but not least... Um, I think I know what you're going to say for this one, but I'll ask anyway. The most beautiful place that you've ever seen. The most beautiful place that I've ever seen? I want—I was going to say Scotland, but I could be wrong. I mean, I don't know everywhere you've been. <laughs> that was my thought, though. It's so hard to pick a place, <laughs> to be honest with you. For an overall, yeah, Scotland was incredible. It just never ended. Like, it, mm -hmm. It just never, ever ended. It was just beautiful countryside after beautiful countryside and all of the old castles and stone circles and the glens and the valleys and the hills. And it just, it, it was absolutely beautiful. Um, but I, I don't know that I can ever say there's one place on the world that's more beautiful than others because there's so many beautiful places. Mm -hmm. um, I've been very blessed to see a number of absolutely stunning places. You know, something that stands out, Scotland is definitely, my, my husband and I, Ron, we went hiking in um, BC. We were near Kamloops on Mount Todd. And it was in, I want to say it was in July. And 
the entire side of the mountain was covered in full bloom in all different colors of flowers. Like, and I mean, they were, they were all over the place. They weren't loosely gathered. They were really thick flowers all over the place of all, every color under the rainbow. And that is one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen in my life. Cause it just went on and on and we were walking right through it. And it was like, wow, like this oh. is incredible. <laughs> I, I felt like I could smell that, that description. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was the entire side of the mountain. Just imagine an, an entire side of a mountain, like a full-blown oh. mountain covered in beautiful colors or, or flowers of every color of the rainbow. Yeah, mm. that was pretty spectacular. Beautiful. <laughs> um, and by the way, how beautiful too, um, speaking of Ron, your husband, who seems amazing, the proposal that you added into that yeah. book, of course, I cried then too, because I'm sappy, but how beautiful <laughs> was that? I, I well, well deserved. I'm so glad that you found um, some happiness and you, it's so deserved for both of you. It was awesome. It was incredibly romantic. It was the perfect place to have it. It was the perfect time to do it. It was literally the perfect proposal. <laughs> I've, I'd never actually officially been proposed to before in my life. And, um, and so that was, um, yeah, it was special. Yeah. He's not, he's a pretty awesome guy and he's very romantic. <laughs> I love that. That's so nice. If that's your thing, that's so beautiful. I'm not always so romantic. He's like, yeah. And I, he's good. <laughs> he brings great. that out in you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm married up, I like to say. <laughs> <laughs> That's cute, Tracy. That's so cute. Um, let's talk about uh, White Feather Holistic Arts, Tracy's store um, on Ottawa Street. <clears throat> Wonderful, beautiful store. You're greeted with smiles and crystals and uh, books and all this delightfulness. Um, so it, within White feather holistic arts you offer yourself tarot readings and reiki correct are those the only two services you do yourself for services yes i teach lots of classes as classes well. right so yeah. we can get your reiki um your I do reiki certification certif i mm -hmm. teach about crystals i teach about psychic protection i teach about all sorts of different things i do drum circles <sighs> can't uh, yeah. wait for those to come back yeah I'm missing. And then I also I also like to bring in other facilitators at times for teaching certain things as well. Right. And um another one of the greatest people you have in there is Mr. David Schultz who is a medium. Yes. Um and you have a, a few other mediums that that come in do I got one other medium who comes in and she's very talented as well that's Linda Dumichel. Dumichel. Okay. Yep, I only have the two mediums, David and Linda, and they both have very different styles and they're both incredibly gifted. Um, yeah. And, uh, and then I have um, Dan Alice comes in and does astrology. Um, mm. Fett was coming in and doing angel readings, but she's moving out West possibly permanently now. So we might not get her back in. It's hard to oh, say. Okay. Yeah. And then, and then other readers, I've had Candace Allen in a number of times. Mm -hmm. Two other readers and stuff too. Yeah. Um, so talk, talk about David Schultz for a minute. You, um, you reference him in, in, um, motorcycles, moose and magic, your book, um, uh, when you're telling the beautiful story about your mom and thank you so much for adding that in and sharing that. That was really, really special that you added that in there. Um, and the moment when I've sat, I've been to a few of David's, um, the nights where he hosts at your 
at your shop and yep, a group reading. Yep. Readings. Okay. I'm, I'm lost for uh, which correct words to use. Uh, my apologies, but he, um, always, every single time, I think it's four or five. I've been to you, somebody from you, your family <laughs> always comes through. Every single time I, I see, I, we always look back and I look at you and you're like, yep, that's mom. Or that's <laughs> my, it's so cute. So you have, a, I, I don't, um, I don't know what, if it's because there's, you only ever... been, there's only been the one time that was incredibly profound for me though. Um, honestly, um, I, I can, I can hear my mom and I can hear my grandma and, um, and a number of other people in numerous messages that come through sometimes even for other people. But that one event back in um, the spring of 2016 that I talk about in the book, mm-hmm. that was profound. Um, it was profound and it was so it so profoundly just belonged to me in the room and not anyone else. And it was absolutely incredible what happened. And it, it just, it amazed me. And I was in tears. And like I said, like to him afterwards, I said, I don't, I don't know why they came through that strongly for me. I don't need that. Right. Because the, the whole point of mediumship is to help people who are struggling with mm-hmm. the loss, with loss of family members and stuff. And I don't struggle with that. I know where they are and I know I'm going to see them again. But it wasn't for me. It was for my mom to relate to her later that year. And I didn't know that. And um, it, it all made sense, though. When I told my mom that story and it changed, my mom changed when I told her that story. Something shifted and she became a little bit more at peace with the fact that um, she had a terminal um, prognosis. So, yeah, cause she was really scared. She was really scared. So, And... I wonder if the times, because it's, it's true. Every time you've been the one to chime up and say, yep, that's, that could be my mom or what. I wonder if your mom was coming through for others or giving you message for others on the times that I witnessed, because I thought it, I thought it was pretty amazing that almost every time you could refer to something that was being said in the room. It doesn't surprise me that mom would come through every time I see David Schultz after that. Because of what happened, because it helped her with her own passing, right? So, of course, of course, in the afterworld, she loves David Schultz mm. and she wants to communicate with me. Like, of course, that's happening. So, it's, uh, it's uh, never taken the time to even think about this until we've talked about this right now. So, I'm so glad that you brought this up. I'm so so grateful. Um, I'm going to walk away from this conversation with you. And this is going to be one of the things that stands out the most, Candace, is what we just said there. Um, Because that's really important to me. And it's meaningful to me. My mom is just knowing that she's like, really happy. And every time he (laughs) (laughs) in the smile on your face, and I usually go with my sister in law, I've been with her a few times. And you just look so happy to be able to say, yep, that's my mom, even though I've thought come away from that thinking, I wonder if Tracy, you know, just connects with her on her own, which I, you just validated that you do, you get messages from them. Um, I write write to my mom. I do channeling writing to my mom and I do letters back from her anytime that I need, um, like anytime that I need her advice or I need her just to give me some comfort or whatever. I actually do a writing project for that. That's and so it's, beautiful. It's, it's extremely helpful. I started doing it with my granny a number of years ago. So when my mom passed, it really helped me with my mom's passing. And I did a lot of it when she first passed. And you know how grief comes in waves. So mm-hmm. as the 
the waves get more spaced out as time passes on. So I don't write her as often as I used to. But when I when I feel the need to communicate with her, yeah, absolutely, I do. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's lovely. Yeah. Um, when do you know when drum circles will start up again? Or are you waiting? Because that's something that I feel I've only been to one, but I feel like I'm really uh, I benefited muchly from the one that I've been to with you. I have or- a feeling we'll be able to do a fall equinox drum circle. <sighs> okay. Okay. Anything through the business, that's the earliest it's probably going to happen just based on restrictions and stuff. Because mm-hmm. when I publicly announce a drum circle, we usually get 300 people. We're probably going to get more than 300 people on our first drum circle that we do. So, uh, yeah. So, um, you know, I, as an individual, am taking my drum out and going to do some drumming. And I might even drum with some friends and whatever, but not announcing anything. Right. Okay. Yeah. Cause it's necessary. Just that I've been doing some chanting, some guided chanting meditations and stuff. And just the, just that it helps me. And then it just awakens me. And when I went to the one drum circle, I went with a friend who um, was having a lot of issues with conceiving and infertility and had read somewhere that a drum circle may help. Uh, just based on community and the amount of love and stuff. Uh, So I went with her to yours at um, just the the park right down the street from you. Lansbury. Correct. Yes. And it was so enlightening. Oh my goodness. What an evening that was. I'll tell you, it's one of my favorite things to do at my job. Like I absolutely love, love, love drum circles. They are so energizing. Even like I'm running them and I put so much of my own energy into them. I still walk away from them feeling so energized. Wow. I love it. That's something I picked up down in the U S was the drum circles. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Um, And before we wrap it up to talk a little bit about Reiki and um, I'm curious to know, like, how did you, did you always have, feel like you had such a strong gift because the, the time, no, no, because you're very powerful. Your hands are very strong. You can feel it. I'm a very skeptical person when it comes to things that you can't see and there's no way to actually judge and measure it by. Right. So that's me and my scientific mind again. And um, So when I, like when I first experienced Reiki from someone else, like I felt it and it was powerful. It was like, I learned Reiki because interested in it and I wanted to figure out what I had experienced and I wanted to work with it. Um, never thought that it would turn into a job or anything to do with my work or anything. That was definitely not my intention. And, but when I came, when I moved to Windsor in 2011, I decided at that time that I was going to get my certification for it just in case I ever decided, cause I was starting to think that because I'd been using it since I came back from the U S I'd been using it and I'd been enjoying using it, but I needed to practice it more. So I decided to get my certification and to do your certification, you're supposed to get 24 practice hours. Mm -hmm. Well, I did practice hours every Tuesday and Thursday for a year and a half all day. So I did hundreds of hours of practice hours before I started officially charging. I took, I accepted donations during that time. And what I noticed was my donations went from nothing or around five bucks or 10 bucks and they would get up to 20 bucks. And eventually I was getting donations of $60, $70, $80. Um, And it, it seemed to reflect. Mm -hmm. 
fact that my Reiki had developed and that I was um, working well with it during that time. So I was grateful that I took the extra time to learn it properly and to practice it properly and to get really familiar with it. And what that time allowed me, because people, what every time that I'm talking to students and stuff, they're like, oh, I don't have confidence. And it's like, then practice on people, but I'm not confident enough to practice on people, but that's <laughs> where you'll get your confidence. Mm-hmm. When I practiced on people, they would say to me, oh, my God, that was amazing. What I felt was this, this, and this. And they'd tell me all the things that they experienced and the healing and the colors they were seeing or whatever it was that happened during their experience. And, you know, and then they'd come back to me the next week and say, oh, my gosh, my back felt so much better all week long and blah, blah, blah. You know, and they'd tell me about how it was helping them. That's how I built my confidence. Um it was helping me in my own life too. So I was experiencing like healing going on with me emotionally, physically, and spiritually the whole time that I'm working with all these other people practicing. So mm-hmm. what I say to people is practice, 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 because that was the only way that I, I gained my confidence and, and confidence goes a long way. Um, if you believe you're great, you're great. If you believe you suck, guess what? You suck. So mm-hmm. <laughs> So build your confidence, do whatever it takes to build your confidence up. Like, you know, um, I don't mean to be mean when I say that. I just mean that what you believe is what you'll experience. Right. So, Mm -hmm. so believing that you're good will really make you good. Even if you're faking it till you make it. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And to that point, the, the, um, basically one time, I had Reiki from you and we were talking a little bit after and I felt really good. And I said to you, um, it's just, these people are sucking my energy dry and these people and they, and they, and they, and you looked at me and you said, are you, are you willing to take my honest advice? (laughs) And I was like, Oh shit. And you said, you need to have some self-worth as far as understanding why you're letting those people do that to you. You think that they're doing it to you. You think it's because of them, but you need to look at yourself and see why you're allowing those people to suck your energy. Yeah. People aren't sucking your energy, Candace. You're giving it away. Yeah. They're not sucking your energy. You're giving it away. Like take responsibility. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's but you know what? It seems so simple to some, for, <laughs> for someone like you to say, and, but it was an excuse for me to blame um, my kindness and getting nothing back from people and blaming it on them. It was an excuse. And you just shut me down and said, no, you need to mirror um, so many things, just so many things that you've said to me um, in a short amount of time. When people show who they are, believe them. So, you know, the first time that someone uses you or takes advantage of your time and stuff and doesn't help you back and whatever, you know, shame on them. But, when you continue to give, 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 mm-hmm. it's not on them anymore. Like it's totally not on them. It's our responsibility to put up our boundaries and say what's okay and what's not okay. You know, when I have so many people that come into my office and say, I gave and I gave and I gave. And when I needed, they never gave back. And it's like, well, then you weren't giving. You were looking for an exchange and you didn't get the exchange for the unwritten agreement that you made. Right. They never agreed to give you something in the future when you gave and gave and gave. So mm-hmm. maybe get a contract (laughs) yeah get a contract (laughs) that's funny um are you going to be doing I was looking forward to I I might have even had something signed up before COVID I can't remember now feels like it's been forever um you were doing an introduction kind of an introduction to crystals and how to use them and I 
I use them in my everyday, but I've never been properly trained or, or been to a, a seminar or a, anything like that. So I was looking forward to doing that. Are you still going to be offering that? Well, the hope is in the fall when restrictions are done, we'll be doing okay. classes again. Um, I did a couple of online classes with another group of people actually through the Alley Sunshine Foundation um, during COVID. And it was interesting how that went. You actually can do a course like that online. I just... I'm not a huge fan of online for classes and stuff. I really like being in person with people. So yeah. I'm, I'm avoiding the online classes as much as possible. There's a chance still that I might do a few classes like introduction to crystals online. I would never do Reiki online, no. um, but like something like introduction to crystals, I might, I don't know. It worked really well with the group I did it with. It's just, it's a preference thing. Eh? I'm kind of, I'm upset with the universe for even having to make me make a decision about this. <laughs> yeah, true. So you're not able to have it, even though it wouldn't be, you wouldn't be able to hold anything like that until more restrictions are lifted. I'm not really. Yeah. I, yeah. Okay. yeah. Right now, like I can only have a few people in the store total. Oh. Uh, and then even when it gets lifted, they still have the six feet thing they want you to do. And we only have so much room for workshops. <laughs> So it's to have a workshop with like five people is, is, um, that's, that's my energy can only go in so many directions at once. Yeah. Good use of my energy. So, um, I prefer to have a larger class to do that. I don't, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know where, where this is all taking us exactly. I don't have the picture like everyone else. I'm waiting to see where we all mm -hmm. drop, in this, you know, how we land. I, mm -hmm. I don't know how we're going to land. Um, I don't know what it's going to look like. And I don't know when exactly it's going to happen. Don't know when the fog's going to lift, right? Yeah. We, <laughs> yeah. Because we're all, we're all stuck in this limbo of not being able to make decisions about our future life. Cause we don't know when our future life gets to start again. Right. Like I'm yeah. ready. I'm ready now. <laughs> yeah, for sure. There's so many, there's so many people are ready now, you know, definitely. Yeah, yeah, a year, a year and four months of this or whatever is more than enough. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, I'm hopeful that it will it will all uh, be done soon. Hopefully, it will. anytime the universe resets, it resets for a reason. So trust the process. This is true. Very yep. true. Yeah. Um, it was really nice talking to you. I want to um, wrap this up so I'm not taking up too much of your time. But if I really want to read uh, this poem to everybody that you wrote and I read it, uh, pr probably twice a day. Um, it's one that you r wrote in 2010. It's called Lifelines. Would you be okay if I read that before we? I up? would. Yeah, it'll be interesting to hear someone else read it. Actually, this will, this might be hard for me as a poet. It's always difficult to listen to someone <laughs> read your poetry. <laughs> uh, I'm a very I love poetry, and uh, it's something I've gotten away from since being a mom. I you know if I read it's it's not poetry, but, um, this, this one really is, is beautiful. So I'm going to read it. Um, All right. <laughs> it's called lifelines. I am beautiful. I was created by perfection. I was created in perfection and any imperfection is merely a reflection of the road. I have traveled the tale. My life has spun the battles I have fought often losing sometimes won. The scars adorning my body and my soul are not flaws. They are the map of my lifeline, 
the meaning and the cause of everything I hold dear and sometimes what I fear. They are the book I haven't written yet, the words I cannot say. Look deep into my eyes, they will show you the way. Dig into my soul, my loves, my cares, my hurts, my sorrow. When you look there, you shall see yesterday, today, tomorrow. For they do not know the time, they don't even know the place. But they are the window to the beauty that sits upon my face. Yes, I am beautiful. Look into my eyes and see yourself reflected there. For you, yes, you are very beautiful too. Now, that um, is so deep. And reading up to uh, like the page before that, describing uh, um, bad poetry is what, what you have yeah. written here. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, it just, it's to me, Tracy, it's so beautiful. Can you just, before we go, can you just tell me a little bit about what you were, what you were going through at that time? Um, this was in 2010. So this is not long before I got sober. I was already working on my self-esteem for a number of years, for a couple of years by that point. And um, I was writing a lot of poetry at that time. And the poetry was very healing for me. So I was working through painful stuff. I was working through self-love stuff. I was basically, it was things I needed to hear. And, um, and this poem was an attempt for me to acknowledge my own beauty and to acknowledge the difficult things that I've been through as beautiful. The scars that I, I wear uh, in my soul and in my spirit, uh, not being things of, of, you know, ugly things, but instead being what actually makes me beautiful and unique. Mm -hmm. With everyone, the most difficult places are the most unique and beautiful places. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's, that, that was the idea with this. So this was, this was really part of my self-love journey was all this poetry that I was writing at that time. I wrote an incredible amount of poetry at that time. Well, from the poetry that I've read, in the book that that was my favorite and I'll continue to read that every day so thank you for that oh well thank you for saying that it's my favorite poem of all the poems I ever wrote so oh good and in the shape of a tree I love the way it's all put out I love it yeah oh thank you well I'm gonna uh, finish praising you and uh (laughs) telling you how wonderful you are but I just can't stop because honestly I'm so proud of how you've um written this book and it's I, I'm glad that you feel safe knowing that us who have read it are uh, admire you and you're so strong and thank you again so much Tracy so you know Candace <laughs> the things that you admire in others are traits that you yourself possess so whatever it is that you're seeing in me that you want to praise me for I would love for you to hold the mirror up and see yourself there because that's how it works mm-hmm. you know uh, what people like about me is that I'm vulnerable and people like about me that I'm open and that I'm authentic and, you know, that I'm straight up and whatever. And these are all traits that you yourself possess and you are wonderful at and look how much you're helping people and look what you're doing to share help with others. You know, uh, that's, that's what I'm seeing here. So I appreciate your kind words to me and I'm just going to hold a mirror up for you. Okay, Candace. Thank you, Tracy. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. Awesome. Well, it's been a pleasure to be on here and do this with you. I really appreciate your time with me tonight and allowing me to talk about the book and White Feather a bit. Okay. Yeah. Thanks so much. All right. Many blessings. 
Thank you, Tracy. Bye. Bye-bye.